Welcome to Work is Good, a CSM podcast. My name is Landon Buto, and I host the show with my dad, Chris Buto, the owner and president at CSM. Well, I've been surprised to see that one of the episodes that has gotten by far the most engagement was one that I thought would be a little bit too narrow for our audience, uh, and it was the one on Facebook ads, running Facebook ads as a small business with Duncan Sakai. And so with that said, we've got another one that may seem overly narrow, uh, but I think it'll be extremely valuable for, for those where it does hit home, um, where it is relevant. And so today's episode is a conversation with Cal Friedis, who is currently employed as the lead front-end engineer with Public Square, and he also does contracting through his business, Swarzy, so you can check him out there. Um, but I think this will be extremely valuable for people who manage their own website but don't have a real in-depth knowledge. They just kind of do it because their business is in the early stages or uh, it's just it's just a smaller business. Whatever it is, you're not a website expert or programming expert, but you end up managing your website. This will just give a rundown of the basics, particularly on web vitals. And just even if you're not the one handling those, it'll equip you to be able to know what to look for in uh, someone or a company that does handle those for you. Um, So please enjoy this week's conversation. And remember that if you want to get a mortgage with a broker whose experience integrity will give you complete peace of mind throughout the entire process, go to clevelandstreet.com. Calvin, thanks for joining today. Looking forward to um, talking website um, management today. And uh, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself and just give us a general sense of who you are and what you're doing right now, a little bit about what your story is. Sure. Thanks for having me on, Landon. Happy to be here. Uh, so my name is Cal Freitas. I'm a principal front-end engineer or you know, also known as a lead front-end engineer, um, which is my title at my most recent job. And so the type of work that I do is I build websites and web applications, both for you know desktop meaning, you know, laptops and those type of computers, but also uh, optimizing them and making them responsive so they look good on mobile websites. Or, you know, there are some types of applications where the website is shown in the app on the iPhone or Android. So, you know, I build websites and uh, they have to work in all those different contexts, depending on what it is that is being built. So I've been doing that type of work you know, for fun for a really long time, started very early uh, building websites, learning from my dad, who was building one for the company he worked at at the time, you know, back in the late 1990s. So I've been playing around with with the basics for a really yeah, long time. That's great. And I've uh, been doing this type of work professionally since uh, 1998, 1999 is when I got my first full-time opportunity in a startup. Um, so, so, yeah, kind of a that's long awesome. history of yeah. doing this work. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You you were at a startup uh, to that that's where your your career started out. Were you at Amazon a, a little bit, or were you just working with Amazon? I, I was at Amazon for uh, okay. about nine years. Um, okay. So I was initially a contractor at Amazon in uh, 2010. Got a full time job there in 2011, and then left uh, towards the end of 2019. So got a lot of great opportunity there to learn and work on sites like amazon.com which if you bought things on amazon you know built uh parts of the site-wide ui framework 
Uh, and I spent some time also working on the product detail page for the last couple of years that I was okay. at Amazon. And then, you know, during part of the time there, I was also uh, worked on the Seller Central website, which is where sellers manage their business of selling products on Amazon. So I uh, had a lot right. of good exposure to that type of uh, e-commerce and, uh, you know, I mean, Amazon just sees a scale of traffic that you know a few other websites deal with so that was great learning opportunity got to learn a lot of things about you know optimizing websites and code uh, mm -hmm. for browsers to you yeah. know deal with that type of traffic and the all uh, the large variety of ways that people can load that web page too you know being it on browsers in apps you know, iPhone, Android, there's just a huge variance in, you know, different types of uh, user experiences just based on those user, uh, you know, how they're accessing it. Um, and that means there's a lot of different types of things you discover that you need to know and change to improve and optimize a website as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited to get into optimizing websites and what goes into that and just what things to think through as a as a small business owner, especially someone who has their hands in that um, when you're maybe not an expert in that. Uh, real quick, I'm curious. If you so with your with your work, are you spending most so if you let's say I listen to podcasts every morning, every afternoon, whatever, um, or reading articles or whatever it looks like for you to be learning more about your craft? what are the topics that you read and learn and listen and, and watch about to improve at your craft? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think learning and being curious is something that's you know very important to grow in your career. So, uh, you know, I commend you for looking for sources for that for, for your trade. And I think that's important to everybody. Um, so for me, the types of resources that I look at, a lot of it's online, um, you know, just in the sense of just blogs or news sites. Uh, some of those are specific to technology and entrepreneurship. Right. Um, hmm. So especially in the tech community, there is a site called, uh, and the URL is news.ycombinator.com. And it's kind of a tech news site for, okay. uh, it's got a lot of like just really detailed, deep tech articles that yeah. get posted there. Um, so it tends to be also, more like tech oriented versus like consumer behavior, or are you doing both? Well, both? that specific site covers the gamut. Um, it yeah. was originally started by Y Combinator, which is a kind of startup incubator. Um, and so there's news that appeals both to the, the technologists as well as to startups and entrepreneurs. So that's one that I've been reading for a long time and has a good mix of information that kind of, you know, fits me because um, there, there will be topics about, you know, web optimization, but also very detailed topics about how people have solved specific sort of startup problems, you know, be it, yeah. you know, product or business related. Um, yep. So, yep. yeah, that's sense. that's one of my go to sources. Um, you know, there's just a wide gamut of things you can find in other places. Uh, just you know, I follow a lot of technologists on Twitter and LinkedIn, so I end up getting a lot of news both from from people or for com from companies uh, from some of those sources as well. Gotcha. Awesome. 
Great. Well, yeah, let's get a little bit into just thinking through, uh, you know, website management. Um, I'm curious if someone's been handed the responsibility, whether it's, you know, the business owner or uh, someone else with large responsibilities in a small business that doesn't have a ton of expertise. They've been handed this responsibility of managing the company's website or individual website, whatever it is. What are the things they should start thinking through just from a macro level before we get? I know there's some areas you have uh, some specialties in and I'm excited to hear about those. But just from a macro level, what are the questions they need to be asking, the areas they need to be even learning about in the first place? Yeah, definitely. I would say the first thing is just learning enough of the, you know, overall what you know what i mean if it's an existing website there's questions you can ask like okay what's there how's this set up where is the domain registered how do i make changes to this site there's all those kind of top level concerns that you know, taking over that responsibility those are kind of the initial things that somebody would need to know and find out mm-hmm. um it's kind of a different story if it's a new site because then there are sure. questions like what what technology do I choose? What service provider? Yeah. You know, who do I trust to help me build this thing? If, you know, it, for a person that doesn't have those skills, uh, you know, his or herself, uh, you need to, you know, find somebody that you trust that you can work with to do that for you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at, at the start of a new project or taking on that responsibility, those are the kind of the initial things that I would ask and, and look into. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Makes sense. And where in those questions does your specialty lie? Um, so, I mean, for those questions, I very early on, uh, even before I started doing this work full time, one of the th- skills that I learned was how to build websites with WordPress. Uh, WordPress is a very popular content management system. Mm-hmm. You know, most people that deal with websites or even use websites have undoubtedly run across uh, something that is built using WordPress. Um, you know, I haven't seen the stats recently, but the last the last time I checked into it, WordPress was powering something around 35% of websites on the internet. So, you know, if somebody's looking to build a new site and they just don't know what to go with, there's a really easy option. There's lots of places you can get hosting. Um, It includes features, uh, what's known as a content management system. So whether you want to build a blog, whether you want to build, you know, five pages with the most important information about your business, like WordPress is a good default tool to use for many businesses, especially small businesses that mostly just want to provide some information about themselves. So um, so that's something I have a lot of experience with. I I don't do as much with it, you know, recently, but uh, just being as prevalent as it is, I still have uh, probably three or four websites uh, you know, either of my own or or like my church or different people that I work with that are on WordPress. So I end up getting to use those skills on occasion. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about um, managing and being aware of, of web vitals. I mentioned before we started recording that that is something, you know, that's a term I've heard thrown around. and. Uh, that's something I, I know I should be aware of and 
at least have a sense of, again, what questions I should be asking, even if I don't know exactly what the answers are. Um, can you explain to me what those are, how important they are, what role they play in, in, in a person's website? Yeah, for sure. So Web Vitals fit into the kind of the larger theme of working on optimizing a website, and uh, they are essentially a way that uh, browsers can use to determine, you know, how efficient and how optimized this page is at loading the important things. Uh, so it was originally a standard created by Google. Uh, it's used in some other browsers as well. Um, so it's not exclusive to Google Chrome, um, although that's still one of the most important areas, especially for uh, websites in the United States. Chrome makes a, a really big percentage of traffic with Safari you know, generally being kind of the next biggest one um, or Chrome-based browsers. Anyway, I can talk about that a long time too, but we sure. <laughs> we, won't, we won't get into all the differences between browsers. But yeah, uh, the the point is that Google tracks a lot of data across the internet from people that use Google Chrome and are opting into certain metrics tracking right. in the browser, and the Web Vitals data about how the website is performing is part of what they use to make decisions about you know, is this website better than this other one? And like, how should it rank and how should it show up mm. in the Google search engine results? Okay. So, so that's why like that's sometimes referred to as an aspect of technical SEO, which SEO mm. being search engine optimization. So from a technical side, things like making your page load fast um, mm. and and in aggregate, you know, that means all the pages across all the page loads for every user that is hitting the page and has those metrics reported, you know, back to Google, um, for example. Uh, anyway, that a lot of that. Yeah, so it's not a, it's not just yeah. about like user experience, which is obviously important, but it's also about showing up first kind of thing. Yeah, well, the end goal for a lot of websites is when somebody's searching for, you know, some search term, you want to show higher in the results because the higher you place, you're just much more likely to get your site clicked through on. So right. the web vitals and that performance optimization is just, you know, one of the many factors that Google uses to determine who shows up where in those rankings. Okay, so what do I do with that information? It's, it's important. Um, but yeah. it still sounds pretty technical to me. It, How well, should it I? Is. So for what for should business, I do? With that? Yeah. yeah, for a business owner, the thing to know is that how fast your site load matters. Um, so, like from an anecdotal perspective, from just your own from your own personal experience, you know, ways that you can test that is go to your domain, load it in a browser to see how fast it loads. You know, and that's that's a one off, like statistically speaking, that's not going to matter as much as the um, what's referred to as real user metrics. So the the data from all the different people that visit the website, that's what's really important. But you can get a feel for, you know, generally how it is just by visiting yourself, um, testing it on your laptop, testing it on your mobile phone. Um, but aside from that, there are also tools that you know, either you as the uh, you know the person managing the website, or if you're working with an agency uh, or you know a specific developer, right. you can ask yeah. them, "Hey, is 
you know, what are you doing to make sure my site's loading fast? How are you optimizing it? You know, just to get an idea if they have something to say, if they're considering it as they're building it, or, you know, at times you hire somebody to come along and make updates to your site, and that's a good time to ask that type of question as well. Um, and then, you know, for somebody that wants to dive in, to learn more, to, to get a little bit of a flavor for what's there, there's a variety of tools available uh, that will help do one-off tests from, you know, from different settings than what you could uh, test yourself. Um, for example, there's this site that's been around for a long time called Web Page Test, and you can say, hey, on this browser from this place in the world, load my site and then tell me how it performed, like tell me about its speed. And it'll give a bunch of really specific uh, data mm. points as far as, you know, okay. as far as the web vitals and as far as how things went. Um, but then it will also make some recommendations to the user as well about, you know, again, like some of it's kind of technical, but it'll say some things about, well, you, there's some things you're loading that maybe you shouldn't, or the way that some of these, uh, the way that the fonts are loading could be improved. You know, th there's a variety of things that it could tell you in the end about what might need optimized. Um, yeah. So tools like that are super helpful. You know, obviously, like having a developer or somebody that's just knowledgeable about that space that can kind of walk you through as the the website manager. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that can be a good idea too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What? How tricky is it to? And this may be uh, too general of a question, but how tricky is it to unify your vision uh, as a, as a for me as a marketer or as a business owner who's doing the marketing or whatever, um, you unify your vision of what the website looks like, the design um, with with all the the functions of it and with the technical side of it. Is that a are those separate conversations um, or is it I can cast a vision for for whoever's doing the the actual technical work? How do those come together? Yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, you, you get a little bit of a. Yeah, convergence of these different. Um, these different you know, functions. So there's, like you said, kind of casting the vision, like what do you need this site to do? Uh, the design element, the user experience, right. like, yeah. like you kind of have to figure that out, but then you end mm -hmm. up running into, or you can run into, uh, how do we technically achieve this? And are there some trade-offs we need to make based on, mm -hmm. based on the vision, based on the user experience, based on like, you know, from your perspective, like, okay, what are our marketing goals? What are we trying to do this quarter? Are there things that we need to achieve? Great. What are the trade-offs so that we can get something out there, you know, mm -hmm. for one? Because like, say, for example, you're starting a new website project. Well, if you don't have a website out there, you're not going to hit any of your goals, right? So sometimes you end up with trade-offs on, okay, the, the perfect way to do this will take six months longer you know, right. let's let's pick something a little bit simpler that we can get out sooner. Maybe have an incremental approach to uh, 
you know, what we're going to ship when to the user. Um, so, you, so you end up with a bunch of trade-offs in, in those yeah. kind of discussions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, as far as the people involved, uh, you know, if you're a small business owner or responsible for a website for a small business, um, yeah, I mean, there's more than one way these these projects can look. But if you've got, you know, say a small agency that has a designer and a developer, okay, well then they're going to work together to listen to what you want done and come up with what they think that looks like from a user experience perspective. Yeah. And then the developer yeah. will help come up with the plan for, um, you know, recommendations about the tools to use, for instance, like, oh, WordPress is great. Oh, maybe you should use Ghost. Maybe you should use something else. Uh, yeah. So the developer can help kind of walk through yeah. some of those things. So what are your options? So let's say in the small business world, what are your options of uh, the different routes you can go? In my mind, there's, um, you know, have a developer create everything from scratch. And then we are going right now. We have a, a um, I don't know what that would be called, an, an agency of sorts who specializes in our industry and they just kind of have various templates and then they do some customization um, for what we're doing. Are there, is there an in between where, where you can have without having to, you know, get pay the, obviously there's a significant cost of, having developed or develop it from scratch. Um, is there an in-between or what, what are the, the routes you can go there? Yeah, I mean, you could build everything custom if you wanted to, it just takes right. a lot longer. Uh, yeah. So I would say there's a spectrum there for sure. You know, like literally build everything yourself by hand, like pick a language, pick a database, do, do it all from scratch. Um, you know, for most businesses, I don't think that's the right option, especially yeah. especially smaller businesses. Like like the use case you mentioned for for your business, um, yeah, finding something that's industry specific caters well to your needs and just gives you, you know, ninety percent out of the box with a little bit of customization. That usually makes a lot of sense. I think part of why WordPress is so popular is um, well, they got some things right with how it was built uh, because it allows for custom themes. It allows for custom plugins. So there's a large ecosystem there. Um, and, and coming back to that again, because it is such a big thing in the industry because of that flexibility and ease of use. Uh, you know, a lot of times you don't even necessarily need a custom theme. There's a lot of good themes out there that fit industry use cases that, you know, provide a variety of look and feels and often offer some level of customization. If you just right. want to change the colors or that sort of thing, thing, then there are themes that let you do that. So you can sure. avoid paying, you know, I mean, the, the cost for developers can vary a lot depending on what you're having them build. But, um, you know, say on the low end, paying somebody like $50 an hour up to like a couple hundred or whatever it is. Right. And, uh, you know, if, if you can get something out of the box that gives you most of what you need, you're going to save a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so that's super helpful. Um, let's 
let's wrap up with this. I'm curious if there is, so, you know, I was curious about your, you know, just to get a sense of what you do specifically about the things that you study. Um, but is there anything you would recommend for someone in my situation or the, the person we've been talking about, uh, small business owner, whoever it is who's managing the website for their company, um, resources that you would recommend as, uh, you know, helpful and, and, and relevant to what they're doing, but not overly in the weeds? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I don't know how well I can answer that one because it, it depends on what somebody's trying to do. Um, I, I guess kind sure. of a general way to answer that would be, you know, for the small business website use case, you know, looking into WordPress, finding, I mean, yeah. you can find WordPress developers all over the world, but, uh, you know, for example, I mean, I live in North Idaho now, but when I lived in Seattle, there was a good WordPress meetup community that existed mm -hmm. there. I met people through that meetup that knew SEO, that knew tech, that knew design, that could kind of cover all aspects of it. So, you know, making those kind of connections, like whether that's going through a meetup or just looking through, uh, you know, for a local agency or a local developer or designer, you know, those are great people to meet and, and talk to because they can kind of help talk, uh, you know, website owner through a bunch of those different use mm -hmm. cases and provide options. Yeah. Um, a couple other yep. things to mention, though, as far as potential options, is there are sites like like Upwork, um, where you can find contractors for design projects, for development right. contracts. You know, there's other similar sites too uh, that that you can use. Now, I mean, one thing to keep in mind with that is that it is a good idea to go into that knowing specifically what you want, so you can be really clear with like scoping like hey this is what i need done can you do this for me um and you know as with most things in life if this is if this is somebody's first time managing a website project there's going to be things they have to learn they're not going to get everything right um and that's where it can be helpful to start with kind of a more limited scope for the project up front just yeah. so that if, yeah. if something doesn't go the way you expect or you need to make some changes. You know, if you're starting saying, hey, I want a couple of pages on my site rather than I want this 20 page thing with custom podcasts and video hosting and all this other complicated mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. You know, you, you might be able to avoid some of that, uh, some problems just by starting a little bit smaller while at the yeah, same time giving sense. your flexibility to add those additional features later. So, right. Um, uh because you mentioned it i'm curious where if if you are trying to what like what what are the options to host a podcast on your website or to is it just like virtually a link to each one with it with like a album cover picture or what does that look like when you yeah i there's better options than that um yeah yeah so it, it yeah like if what's possible it, obviously it depends on right you know Right. What's possible? Uh, so, I mean, there's plugins for different software that are going to help make some of that easier. I believe WordPress has some podcast mm -hmm. plugins that you can use. Um, so, so that'd be one way to do it. 
Um, you know, another option is there's a variety of uh, software as a service type of solutions for podcasting specifically. So um, I've used one just a little bit called Podbean. And, right. you know, for those type of solutions, you got to, well, I mean, there's a free tier for it also. But if you want to be able to host more content, you have to start paying them, which is, I think, fine because they're giving you that service. Right. Um so there are things like that that you can use, and there are yeah. ways to integrate some of those different things. You can integrate it into your websites. website. Okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, like WordPress um, is pretty good about letting you put in links to things like YouTube videos or podcasts in a way right. that you can just embed it right in a post. Um, but okay. there's also ways of automating that a little bit more so you don't have to manually add something every time you create a new sure. thing. Yeah, makes sense. Well, I'll let you, uh, I want to wrap up, just let, let you explain a little bit about um, if someone is looking for a developer that meets your situation, um, what are the services you offer personally and, and uh, where can they find you? For sure. So I have a company called Swarzy, that's S-W-A-R-Z-Y.com. And, you know, a lot of what I have been doing with that over the last couple of years is, you know, consulting and contracting. Um, right now, I'm kind of pivoting to doing just a little bit of consulting because I've, I've got, um, you know, an, one specific big project that's taking up a lot of my time now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've got, you know, one other contractor that I work with who does design work and WordPress work and has used other tools like Wix.com. Um, so I, I've got some availability there. If you uh, just go to uh, Swarzy.com or email info at Swarzy.com, uh, people can reach out to me there and I can provide some more information to them. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks, Cal. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's super helpful for me and I hope for others as well. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to Work is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it with someone else, leave a review, and listen next week.